Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool kids be like... Chemistry sucks a D. Adults be like... Physics? Honey, not for me. But we're all just alive for a tinty bit. And science is the best way to understand it. Psycho, we show you studies are vague. Psycho, even scientists can be gay. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about the streaming wars with Netflix. Now we got Apple Plus, Disney Plus, something called Quibi. We are going to be talking about the environmental impacts of all of these streaming services and also talking about the television industry when it comes to gender and ethnic diversity. And in the end, we are going to decide who we think is going to win this war. Hello. So, <laughs> how's it going? Good. I'm trying to think of like, what are we streaming lately? What have you been what? streaming lately? Yeah, well, we can get into oh, like a Watchmen. Full combo. Oh yeah, we started Watchmen, which was interesting. We, I think we were both kind of like, I don't know if I understand this show. I'm embarrassed because we've not clearly read the comics. People love the show. It's very it it really allows the viewer to puts a lot of faith in the viewer. That's what I'll say. I'm it's like, what's o- happening? It's very entertaining, <laughs> but I'm kind of like. It, it has this element of like, you know, you're going to get hit by a twist. You know, you're going to get hit by all these like surprises. But then it's just lingering for so long that I'm kind of like, I don't know where this is even going. But for some reason, I'm entertained. And it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's so well made, basically. But yeah, other than that streaming right now, I don't know. Like, we, I feel like we finished a bunch of shows. And I don't know what I watch anymore. Like RuPaul's Drag Race UK, I started watching, but then we stopped watching. Not that that's, I guess that's on like Crave Canada, right? We started watching an interior design show. Oh yeah, that was kind of fun. Anything British is entertaining because their accents are lulls. And to be real, like I find British shows a little, like they're more tame than American shows. And so they have a more sense of like reality to me. They don't like make it so dramatic and over the top that. I know whenever they cry, there's like no music behind them. I'm like, they're crying. There should be swelling music. And I feel like they don't really try to build archetypes in the same way. So there's not necessarily a villain of the season. If someone does something negative, they'll highlight it. But that person isn't instantly then just like the villain for the whole time. I find it weird. British people always say, Chinameen. As, and they don't actually want to, you to ask, like, do you know what I mean? And they always say, I'm gutted. I'm gutted. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, those are two, like, very specific <laughs> phrases. Although you I, do say, do, do, you say. Know what, do you know what I mean all the time? As like, I know. Like, I think it's similar to A. Like, we say lots of things, eh? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, kind, that's mean. kind of what A means, right? If yeah, you ask it is. Some, it if is. you put A at the end of a sentence, it's a Canadian for all of our American listeners or worldwide listeners. Yeah, A is just sort of like an affirmative, I think. So the British people's That's A crazy, is, do you know what I mean? Yeah, do you wow. know what I mean? That's okay. crazy, do you know what I mean? So we're <laughs> linguists. Oh, what did we learn this week? 
I just finished Jeremy Rifkin's book, The Green New Deal. Ooh, a fancy. great. He's an intellectual. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to figure this all out. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot of fascinating information in there, but this is just one thing I'm going to pull apart for this week's What Do We Learn This Week? Okay. So in 1977, not that long ago, the fixed cost per watt of photovoltaic cells of solar panels was $76. Now it's only 50 cents. So Oh my god. Okay. That kind of makes you go like when I was reading this I was like what exactly does that mean? Like, but what that's like, translated yeah, into Yeah, like but it's a stark contrast and we mm-hmm. were at like a very interesting time in the history of humanity where solar and wind is now officially cheaper than fossil fuels, which is very important for us all to understand and it's also why the green new deal will work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the sun emits 470 exajoules of energy to Earth every 88 minutes, which is the amount of energy that humans use in a year. Oh, whoa. So every so, uh, 88 minutes. But do you mean that's how much the sun gives out or that's how much the Earth captures? No, like, that's, how much the, that's how much hits the Earth. Oh, wow. Okay. In 88 minutes hmm. is enough to pa- say there were solar panels. Right. That were like perfectly efficient. Perfectly and- efficient all over the Earth where the mm-hmm. sun was hitting it for 88 minutes of a day. The whole year of our energy right. that we currently which is obviously impractical like we're not going to f- cover the whole planet with solar panels but that gives you a perspective of how much is hitting the earth every 88 minutes yeah so it's like we should obviously harness the right. <laughs> okay i'm gonna keep going with these stats so if we grabbed only one one hundredth of the energy that the sun emits it would give us six times the energy we now use across the global economy well, okay. so if we only just we don't need to even get all like of with that. solar alone yeah okay if wind farms grab 20 percent of the wind that currently blows it could power eight times the current global economy wow. so it's like all of these resources are there mm-hmm. the wind blows the sun shines like, let's tap into them yeah and <laughs> let's tap into them i mean obviously we're probably not we can't rely on just one source right so but that's why it's like you have different sources of renewable energy that you balance your economy with or you balance your energy grid with, grid, yeah you can fulfill so your power needs. the united states has the capacity to get a hundred percent of its energy from renewables with 57.28% coming from solar, 38.41% coming from wind, mainly in Texas, if you need to know. 4% would be from hydro, wave, and geothermal. We could get it all from renewables, and you wouldn't need to rely on fossil fuels anymore right now if the grid and infrastructure was built properly. So just like it's a nice thing to know and keep in your back pocket if people ever say this isn't feasible. Like it possible. is feasible. Yeah. Of yeah. course, there are challenges. Like not to, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but... I think some people would say that's not possible, but other people's conversation would be more around like, how do we properly implement it in a way that's realistic? It does take, it's going to, the Green New Deal, you know, it's about the next 20 years. There's going to be a lot of infrastructure that needs to be built. Jobs created. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, it's just about the fact that like, it's not like these things aren't going to be built and we're going to not have the sun's energy or the wind there to actually make this happen like that stuff is all there it's about I think how we get exciting. it I it think is if exciting we just have a positive attitude and and not even pit it against the fossil fuel industry but just have it as its own thing that's like so holds so much potential right like it doesn't have to be let's just i mean i obviously the fossil fuel industry is having a major impact on the planet in many different ways yeah but just like apart from that like let's yeah. get people excited about the potential of this new technology and the cool part about this type of energy is that if you get solar panels on your house or you put a wind farm on your literal farm, then you end up selling your energy back to the grid. So you end up having like an outside income Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. And you also become a lot more free in some senses that like, say there was ever some sort of like cyber attack or something were to happen, you actually are generating energy for your home 
yourself. Like it's kind of like freeing and then like a sort yeah, of existential so scary way. the language of people who sometimes are like anti these things. You mean like Americans? Energy freedom. It'll bring you freedom. Americans. There's freedom. some people who have the fear around like regulations or that like forcing into one. Like I don't. I don't want to get into that. Well, freedom's really know, a great like, word. You want to be free? Yeah, you want to be, be free? free? Renewable energy. Yeah. What's yours? What about them? Okay, this week I learned something that, you know, sort of, I, I feel relatable to because, you know, I use a lot of, like, anti-inflammatory medicines because I feel like I get headaches all the time. I have, like, some sorts of chronic pain. And but stuff you're conscious about with. it. You always go, I don't want to. I get scared because I've always heard, like, you know, if you have too much Advil or ibuprofen, for example, like, your stomach bleeds. If you have too much Tylenol, like, your liver suffers. So those kind of things freak me out. So I try to, like, maintain not taking them when I don't have to. But... So there was a big new meta-analysis that came out looking at like tons of different studies, which found that anti-inflammatory agents reduce the symptoms of major depression. So it's an effective relief for people who have depression to take um, anti-inflammatories. And specific, so that's kind of been studied a little bit in the yeah, past. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that in ASAP Science. But what they've realized now is this is a theory. It's not exactly proven, but they believe that inflammation may actually trigger depression in some people. So in some ways, the problem might be in the first place that there's inflammation throughout the body, which releases all these cytokines is like a, a way that people measure how much inflammation is in, in a part of the body. It's a chemical, right? Uh, like a biochemical. Is like, yeah, like a, yeah, some, uh, just like a chemical that flows to your body and they can measure your blood and see how much inflammation is in there based on that. Um, and cytokines, they realize now, are linked to your cognitive thinking, your memory, expression, impulse control, mood, wow. clarity, et cetera. And so to minimize inflammation has a direct impact on those obviously mood-altering things that are going on but obviously we suggest going here doctor and actually talking yeah, about if you have depression but yeah yeah yeah. this is definitely not like an advice column to take anti-inflammatories for your depression there's obviously many other medications as well as many other like it's just that there's that, a link yeah and i think i just thought that was interesting because we've also touched on videos in the past that um reinforce the idea that emotional pain is actually similar to physical pain in this in the part of the brain so when you're feeling emotional pain the same parts of your brain actually light up and that's why in the past they've looked to things like anti-inflammatories or pain um killers that actually have an impact on people who are experiencing extreme emotions again I, this is not advice for anyone i was saying for myself my own experience because i suffer from like chronic pain at times I realize like how much it influences my mood. Obviously, if you're in pain, you're going to be in a bad mood, but you don't always like link those two things together. You don't always yeah. think like, this is also a weird thing, like just a bit of a side anecdote, but I realized recently, you know how people use like marijuana for pain reduction? Yeah, I guess. Or like, like oftentimes people are prescribed marijuana to deal with chronic pain. Yeah, yeah. Is what that true though? People are, but so what I found, I've never found in my life, I've been like, oh, it doesn't really like make the pain go away for me. But I realized recently when I was in pain and then was stoned was it helps my mood so yeah, much Yeah, see, more. that's what I was going to say. I thought the understanding was more about like, yeah. I guess I've always had the wrong impression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, I still feel the pain, but I'm not like pissed off. Because when you yeah. have pain for a long time, you just are cranky. You're angry you're like i can't i'm so frustrated yeah whereas i think marijuana allows you to like be i still feel i still have to be careful but like i feel more optimistic yeah that see that is what my understanding of it was it's not actually a pain reliever it's just mm. something to help you cope with your pain mm -hmm. and in the same way for cancer patients when they give it to them for chemotherapy it's actually because it expands your stomach and makes you more hungry so it's mm -hmm. more about them 
being able to have an appetite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's, it's I never, I don't think, no, no, it's not something that relieves your pain, but it's something that helps you deal with your pain mentally because you, yeah, as you said it, you're stoned. <laughs> study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. All right, it's time for the streaming wars. (laughs) So we're going to start in our first segment. We each have one study prepared that dives a little deeper into some research related to these streaming services and the industry in general. And then in our second segment, we're going to kind of open it up to our to relate to our research and have conversations about who we think essentially we're just gonna decide who we think is gonna win yeah i have opinions okay okay well why don't we start by just touching on who those streaming services are in the first place there's a lot oh my god we can name them all okay let's try hulu amazon netflix crave is canadian crave is canadian Um, disney plus Oh yeah, Apple, Apple Plus, Plus, HBO Max. Does YouTube count? Like YouTube Originals or YouTube Red, yeah. which is kind of we're gonna now. say it counts culturally because like that's where we're, <laughs> our, we're most likely to get a YouTube Original. <laughs> Hulu. Did I say Hulu? You Amazon. Did. Oh, okay, now I'm getting like mixed up. Wait, said them what already. is? There's one that's just for reality TV, and I'm so surprised you haven't got it yet. Have you heard about this? It's called like I True. have, but I don't really. Truvada, that's prep. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, there's there there's are also niche one like yeah, there's one that my friends have that's like queer TV that yeah. has like Drag Race and stuff on it all the time. So either way, there's a, lot, a lot, but it's uh, apparently we are living what is through what is now called peak TV, and it makes sense because mainly when you think about Netflix, Disney Plus, Apple Plus, Hulu, Amazon, these are the ones that we all are going to have to realize those are the main ones. The other ones are more niche. Even Crave, for example, is just a Canadian company, but they're... Right. They're going to have trouble competing with all these massive yeah. companies that are international. I'm... Oh, ooh, it is so juicy. It's really interesting. Being in Los Angeles recently, I feel like it's like all people would talk about. You see ads everywhere, Yeah, too. that's where we found out about Quibi. It's like, so Quibi, And when we were one. there, Disney Plus was just about to launch. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like everywhere. Every advertisement is just like, a, oh, Facebook Watch. Oh, yes. They're all over. Okay, well, why don't we start with our studies and then we'll we'll definitely get into our thoughts on all of these like niche ones as well but greg do you want to start with your study first? sure so if you haven't understood from my what did we learn this week and just everything i truly talk about on twitter instagram anything i am very aware and trying to figure out what is going on with climate change and with energy consumption so what i wanted to figure out was how much energy does like streaming video and these streaming services create or use and it's crazy. Okay, so I've in it's order. Crazy. You mean like the servers that all these companies have data to servers? Host oh my god! Okay, okay, okay we're gonna go. Cool. Okay, Let's see. so the average American currently watches five point five hours of video a day. A it's day. A day. Isn't that wild? That five is. Point, and two, and then you're like, but I guess that makes sense. It does I make watch sense. So much I watch so much video, and that would include uh, watching an Instagram story. That yeah, would include yeah. watching a YouTube video. Also, on top of this, two hours of music. So that's wow. seven. Isn't that like most of your awake? It's time? most of your awake time. But then I, th- I, I honestly thought it was ridiculous when I was reading the study. But then I thought about my life, and it was not. I listen to music at all times. I listen to podcasts at all times, and I watch video at all times. And outside of that, I'm writing about it. Oh my god, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so Netflix uses up 15 percent of all the internet bandwidth on Earth. Wow, is yes. that the most out of all these companies? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that Netflix. The streaming war currently, if there had to be a winner, it's Netflix. Do you think that's also because they stream probably so much more in like HD? Because I would think yes, YouTube yes, would yes, have yes. the greater, but but maybe because Netflix it's because is like high quality. And their algorithm is like really interesting. It's like very like robust. It's like very It's, it's crazy. Intense. I yeah. sometimes think about how like even my YouTube videos will buffer sometimes, but like my Netflix rarely does and yeah. it's always like really good quality. So there's 165 million Netflix users right now. Like that's that's huge for a, a media company or whatever mm. they want to call themselves. So 
it makes sense because if everyone's paying ten dollars that's a lot of money yeah and, and, and they're still in a month, debt a month <laughs> and they're in debt they are in debt they have not made any money they're mm. like billions of dollars in debt because whatever it's it's actually kind of really intense this <laughs> streaming wars because i'm like if you're in debt you better hope that these mm-hmm. people don't nip at your heels so netflix is a huge energy suck and so will disney plus and apple plus and all of these streaming mm. services are going to just add to the amount of energy that we are using and it's because Vast amounts of energy are needed to keep data flowing on the internet. And also, we need energy to charge our phones and to use our televisions. And in every way that we watch video requires energy. So it's not just... Just their end of things. It's also our end of consuming and like where the energy gets actually used up. Yeah, exactly. In the IT sector, we don't think about it that much in terms of climate change, but it's like huge. It's huge. And from powering internet servers to charging smartphones, it's estimated that they have the same carbon carbon footprint currently as transportation. Wow. Because of the charging your phone things piece, though. That's be- actually the biggest part is just charging electronics. Sorry. It's, it's just you have to, I'm just like, you have oh, to think because like, of like the other, it's like the it's, internet. it's both the delivery and the consuming side yes, of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't include the amount of energy it takes to make a phone. <laughs> so wow. it's just like, I just don't think about this that much. I think when I get in a car or when I get on a plane, I'm like CO2, CO2, CO2. But when I'm like buffering or using my phone, Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking like CO2. And it's only going to grow in the future because we're going to all of a sudden have an internet connected smart home. You know what I mean? Like the internet is just going to get more robust. The world's getting more and more connected. People in developing nations are getting access to internet, faster speeds, more infrastructure. So that's only going to compound as well. So they think by 2030, 20% of the world's electricity is going to be used for us using IT. So whether that is watching Netflix, watching Disney+, Plus, watching YouTube, or having our internet in our house be like, hello, Greg, what do you want to make for dinner or whatever? <laughs> Side note, like, assistants are so far behind where I thought they would be by now. I know. I kind of thought I'd be dating one by now. <laughs> like I, I thought I'd at least be able to be like, can you figure this out for me? Like, it basically can't do anything unless you ask it a Google search inquiry. I think it really got set back, too, and everyone was like, oh, privacy. Like, it was like, oh, I actually don't want this like thing listening. Yeah, listening. Yeah, That's yeah. different, though. But when I ask you something and then you're just like, here's the Google search results. I'm like, no, tell me yeah, the I'm answer. Yeah, I'm like, I could have typed that in <laughs> for some reason. I wish I typed that in. <laughs> I feel like we don't use it well. Sometimes I go to other people's, actually mainly it's that I see it in commercials and I'm like, I want my life to be like that. But wow, that's it a commercial. It's cool. <laughs> no, one other thing is like, sometimes if I'm driving, I'll be like, okay, Google, can you play the, oh my God, my phone just went off. Sorry. Um, so it does work. No, it knows, but then I'll say, can you like play this song on Spotify or open this podcast? And I'll be like, unable to connect to that app at this time. Like it's not good enough to open up my podcast app and start playing what I want. Like that seems like pretty basic. Okay, yeah, I totally agree because I honestly, I honestly thought we would be marrying them by this point, <laughs> and I thought there'd be more than just like Siri and OK Google. Like I thought we'd have options, I thought we'd be able to build them, I thought we'd be living second life. Oh, Microsoft I just found it today is like disabling their Cortana, which is theirs in like a bunch of countries. Obviously, it wasn't working very well. It's just like people hate it. Oh, poor Microsoft. Mm. Are you kidding? Bill Gates, they've got lots of money. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so the data, the data centers are a part of this, I think is really interesting. They're really hot, like literally temperature wise. Mm. They take so much energy to cool. So they're starting to build them underground and literally put them in Iceland and put them in like cold places. Cold places. Cause they're like, these are it's so important, like, oh but gosh. we need to keep them cold, which I think is cool. Oh, it's smart. Yeah. Like obviously that's a really interesting, Iceland's economy is just like hosting. <laughs> so, 
like I do think that like Iceland probably is like so down for that, but I am like kind of. Well, curious. they don't have that much space. No, I know. I was kind of curious, like what they would think about all these people coming in and just like dropping their data centers there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's other options outside of Iceland. I think it's like Iceland always is like a cute little quirky place to mm-hmm. talk about. But also, um, the data centers of Google and Apple and Facebook apparently they say in the next couple of years are all run on renewable energy. Isn't that interesting? Wait, they are going to be, you mean, or they are? Currently, Apple and Google are. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's actually because hashtag Green New Deal, it's cheaper to run it, it, hashtag Green New Deal slash capitalism, it's cheaper to run it on renewable energies and fossil fuels, so that's why they do it. So it's, okay, that's pretty impressive, though. I wouldn't have thought, I would have thought, like, in the next 10 years, they're aiming to have it be this. I'm like, like, make that your ads that we all know. That's, like, very enticing. I'm surprised then that, like, Companies such as Google and Apple, as you mentioned, aren't like getting involved in this industry to be like, we'll power your city. Well, if they can build, they all are. The, I guess they are, but I haven't. Mitch, they literally are not in terms of renewable. Lab. Yeah, but that's I guess they're all what that is, there. and that's very. In my personal opinion, separate episode. I do not want a company to be doing that. I want my government. But to no, be but that. they're trying to build entire like a little community and city with Sidewalk Labs. They're not saying, "Hey, Toronto, we'll build infrastructure for power for you and be part of a power supply." But do you still want a? I don't company know if I want that. that? Okay, I don't know okay. if I want that. I but don't. a lot of companies are private companies that the government contracts for, like our pick- garbage pickup and our hydro and stuff part of its That's own That's neoliberalism. Is that working? It's been, obviously there's like a challenge, but I'm just saying I'm yeah. surprised then that Google hasn't been like, hey, we'll build infrastructure they're, to, we've done it for all of our stuff, we'll build it for your city. I think they are going to. Mm-hmm. I honestly think they're going to. And you're right, like we all have to decide the pros and cons of that mm-hmm. when it happens, but that's what part of what Sidewalks Lab, which is happening here in Toronto, is. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and make it very green, very efficient, and take it into their hands so that they can make more moolah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I want to say that I found from the study, which is kind of hilarious, and I looked into and I found conflicting research about, but this was sort of corroborated. So they've calculated that the 5 billion downloads and streams that Despacito like clocked, whether it was on YouTube or on Spotify, was the amount of energy consumed to stream that song. (laughs) (laughs) literally Despacito (laughs) Despacito consumed as much electricity as Chad (laughs) what's Chad? the country country. Guinea-Bissau, Somalia, Sierra Leone and the Central African Republic put together in one year no yes it was like so striking to me I'm like what the hell unbelievable so as we move forward with these streaming wars it is very important that we all realize we are sitting in our little couches maybe okay maybe big couches that doesn't (laughs) like how many views does Despacito have a billion, right? Bill, but, but this is, is more it, than views. Every single time it was streamed. So whether that's Spotify, whether that's Apple Music, whether that's like every single view but I, okay, on YouTube. Yeah, fair, fair. But, but I would imagine the, the music video causes the most, like the data required to send a video yeah, versus it, it, isn't It's the most watched. I'm just saying our channel has over a billion views. So have we caused more than those like energy consumption? Honestly, than those I, channel, I, I was those thinking countries? about this, but I was like, our videos are short. And to the point, uh, oh my but god! But so is Despacito. It's not like a ten-minute video. Is it, it has billions. Okay, let's look up. Let's look it up. Okay, that's it. So you go into yours while I look up how many billions of views Despacito has. But it's also a testament to how rich people and rich countries consume so much more yeah. energy than countries that are developing or the majority of the world. That's to be honest, wild. I never ever would have thought that. It blew my mind, and it made me be like, okay, every time I watch a video and 
as we discuss these streaming wars, we discuss them specifically from who's going to win, how much money are they going to make, but no one talks about the environmental impact. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that is a very important thing that we think about moving forward. And it's like fascinating. Okay. Well, it's a good reason for us all to move towards that as we can as individuals and as we can with our governments and with companies and corporations. Like, we all have to start taking those steps. Okay, so Despacito has 6.5 billion views on YouTube. So that's, yeah, that is crazy. But I'm just saying, like, we have one, like, our whole channel, like, obviously, not one video has like 1.4 billion views. So it's like we've obviously contributed to, like, energy consumption in a way that's like quite shocking probably it's also psycho that we have 1.4 billion views yeah no that's unreal i never ever can cop- i never think about that because it's just like i don't even know that i means. literally just farted because my body was like panicking <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay moving into my study so mine was actually a big report that's been done and mine relates to the streaming wars but it's kind of i thought it would open up like an interesting conversation because the first half of it is more in traditional world um but you've probably heard of what do this, you mean in traditional world like with traditional movies and tv shows that aren't necessarily just on streaming gotcha. that, that win awards have oscars those kind of things gotcha or go box office films well netflix they got roma they want the totally, oscars totally and I, that's what i mean they're stepping into that so you've probably heard of the gina davis institute on gender and media right i We've, have heard because we went to a talk by her exactly yeah. so that's why i mentioned to you but gina davis was and is an actress who has played like empowering female roles her whole life but has talked a lot about like the role of women in film behind the scenes as well as on camera and the disparity that is you know there's often way less females in film as main roles and even like in a crowd scene like they've done all these studies where they're like even crowd scenes have like 70% men and 30% women like why is oh my this God. those kinds of things so they recently re- uh, released their uh it was like a 10 year report from 2007 to 2017. Obviously they like did it. They finished wrapping it up in 2018. So it's based on those years. Um, and it basically was looking at the top 100 grossing family films to understand like the, the diversity in them and the dynamics to see family films as in like Disney movies. Yeah. It was like films that were made like they said rated, you know, like G PG, like anything. I was like not movies about family. No, no. It was like movies rated uh, low enough that kids could go. Okay. But it included like live action as well as animated films. Star Wars, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they were looking at uh, to use it as benchmarks for the progress of not only gender disparity and racial disparity, but LGBTQ people in film as well as people with d- disabilities. Why did they use family? Did they explain why not just all movies? Or? I think they have separate. They have another one that looks more specifically into all movies, but I think they were interested specifically her organization looks at the impact on kids like they yeah, have a phrase that's like that's if true. you can see it you can be it yeah so they're saying you know if all these young kids are only seeing men or only seeing this type of person in a film or a tv show that impacts the way they view the world okay that's that's a very good point okay cool okay so the major findings from this was that still men lead female lead females two to one as main roles even wow. today, okay. uh, in 2017, that's not good. Oh, that, ho- that Hollywood space is a, just a trashy, trashy place. I know. I was actually surprised, too. At the, like, the increase isn't that much. So in 2007, women had 28% of the main roles. And in 2016, was the highest was 33%. So that's like oh still a long way to go. Wow. Okay. But, but Big female, Little Lies came out. <laughs> female. Well, this is movies, remember, box office. They oh, rated yeah. it based on like the most successful box office. Oh, yeah. Films. Not streaming. Sorry. <laughs> but... Female lead films have closed the gap in box office earnings and now actually make more money. Isn't that Whoa. interesting? Get that into the hands of the greasy right, capitalists. Yeah. Um, but <gasps> interestingly, uh, that gender diversity box office bonus, they call it, is like a pretty recent phenomenon in maybe like the last four or five years. 
Wait, so like, okay, say that again. So it's or like, just that the fact that now women led casts. It's yeah. not just women like cast, but it's like gender balanced casts can make more money if just as much, if not more money. I mean, as, it makes so much sense. Yeah, because like, then you have an audience that can relate yeah, like both the genders or world. Oh, I should also that. pause and say that this study recognized that it was looking at uh, like a gender as just male female and they acknowledge that it wasn't really oh my God, not, how many non-binary lead actors yeah exactly probably because they're like there's no data for that there's like <laughs> yeah they're like uh none <laughs> crazy <laughs> anyway um it said that white leads outnumber leads of color four to one wow um racially diverse co-leading casts have caught up in terms of revenue as well though yeah i feel like every blockbuster from the last couple of years it's like yeah, like mm-hmm. honestly, they've been racially diverse, and it's like interesting and important. Like I think when it comes to making money, think of how many movies bomb. Yeah, that are just like it's some interesting to white see uh, the graphs that they showed because when it comes to like the amount of people in those roles, it, the, this curve is like pretty low, but then the the revenue like spikes all of a sudden. Wow. So it's pretty interesting. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That'll create the impact of when you yeah, go to Los Angeles, the all industry, the top, right? money, 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 money talk. Now, these two are a little more bleak. So fewer than uh, 1% of family films include LGBTQ leads, and there has been zero progress in the last decade. That number has stayed the same. That is so interesting mm-hmm. and makes so much sense in how homophobia is like, okay, are mm-hmm. we talking about that now? Because or we do you can. Want, what's oh, the next I part? have one more thing before I go into like YouTube ads they looked at as well. The last one is fewer than 1% include leads with disabilities as well, which has not improved in the last decade. Wow. That is so interesting because I think that we have come so far uh, with sort of like queer representation and queer stories, but it's always a, for adults. Like right. it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, for some reason, people still are still like not okay too, with around, like, yeah, like kids. talking to kids about it. And I'm like, wait, that is so messed up. And it, it's a weird defense people use, right? They go, well, yeah. like, kids are just too young to learn to about know, sexuality, to is, learn about these things. But that's things, like but, why we carry so much shame is because of yeah. the way we felt when we were kids. I think it's the last line wow. of defense people have where they try to make it like, I'm not homophobic. I just don't think kids should be learning about sex. And it's like, well, first of all, they actually should. Of course, there's ages we can all decide when certain parts of sexuality and sex and those things can be talked about. Like, But... Everyone should be learning about that. Everyone should be understanding that their peers and people in this world are different than them. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's also actually just really sad because I think that the time when people need queer stories for the most part are when they're kids. It's when you're exploring. It forms their, yeah, their opinions and their beliefs and 
we know that kids that grow up in diverse groups or even just people that live in diverse communities have less bias to those communities. So if kids can grow up seeing people of color, many women, queer people, people with disabilities on screen, they'll just feel so much more comfortable around those people. And it's when you're an adult that you're more likely to have taken the time conscious and alive on this earth to figure yourself out. And it's nice to obviously see yourself represented as an adult, but when I needed it the most was mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And that will still be the case for any kid now. Yeah, totally. That but is that really, makes me wonder. Sad. So this was based off of box office films. And I'm like, I really hope they're studying and going to release a report on streaming platforms because they haven't. And I actually, part of me is like, maybe streaming platforms have... A the ability to be more a different niche. number of this too. Like oh. maybe we'd see a difference in the change. Oh, because so this I was did not like include some big film. Yeah, it didn't because those movies or those things don't go to the box office, so they didn't have metrics to show what the most popular things were. Because obviously Netflix doesn't like huh. share that data, and neither do well, like okay, the other. But name services. one child uh, show that. Is oh, you're like right, child show. But I, w- I was thinking or... of like shows. Yeah, for adults, you're right. I don't really watch kids shows, so it's hard for me to know. It's not just kids shows; it's PG shows, like yeah, shows. Yeah, but I'm anyone... saying you would be able to name one if there was one. I know. Well, Disney... it's like what? Frozen. Like there. Oh wait, I thought what? Like, wait, that's Frozen is not. <laughs> Frozen just... isn't queer either. Oh, I was talking about female leads. Oh my god! But also, that's I was not like a the fact service. that she's a lesbian was something that the queer community <laughs> we I'm like she's a lesbian for sure in my head, but it's not proven in the. Okay, I also forgot we're talking about streaming services. Like I can't think of very many movies and TV shows. On but streaming it's services. kind of convoluted now that we think about Disney Plus because Disney Plus they're going to make their own originals, yeah. but for the most part they're just unlocking their vault for you and it's a streaming no, service. No, they just released a new Star Wars TV show. No, no, I'm saying that they will do that, but uh, more I'm, and more. I'm, I'm, but as I'm, well as their vault. Yeah, they'll release movies still. No, you mean? Yeah, what I'm trying to say is that yeah. the you're buying Disney Plus right now. Not f- you could watch The Mandalorian, which is that. Mm-hmm. Star- but for the most part, you're buying it to buy the sh- the movies that would have been in these yep, box office that's reports. True. Yep, is my point. They're also f- they're all fighting over IP on top of what they're like going to make now. Yeah, In yeah. fact, a lot of them are just fighting over IP. Like yeah. they just want Seinfeld or yeah, Friends. Yeah, totally. Who has more money to buy Seinfeld? And so those are still homophobic shows yeah. actually when you think about yeah. it. Okay, uh, to wrap up my study, I just I took a second report that they did cuz this was more this was based on YouTube ads. So advertising companies on YouTube and their videos because I thought that might be an interesting result to see if it's any different. It was a similar sort of report. So they looked at 2.7 million YouTube videos. Uh, that advertiser uploaded. So 550 billion views. Think of the environmental impact. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Between January 2015 and 2019. Um, Again, this report reflects a binary gender expression and the report acknowledges that. So the things that they found were that male characters and advertisements were 56% of the time and females 44% of the time. So that was seemingly more even, although we are talking about advertising. So maybe there's more incentive to like have people represent with themselves. Um, but women led and gender balanced videos had 30% more views. So when the advertising videos, when the advertising videos featured women or featured like both men and women in a balanced way, those commercials had 30% more views on average. Okay. Um, females, uh, were most common in retail ads and consumer packaged goods, whereas they were lowest in automotive ads and business as well as education, which may be sad. So advertisers who are, making educational content rarely use females. It was like 28% wow. uh, of their actors are females or other people in their videos. Um, males spoke 1.5 times more often. And finally, the female age range in these commercials was much lower. So they were typically between 20 and 30, whereas men were allowed to have like more diverse age, age ranges. It's everything that 
you would think and that you would assume and that you are told. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so, one thing I think the one thing I think is worth focusing in on, like that's a lot of information. Yeah. Sorry if people. that was like overwhelming. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just no, like, no, it's I not, thought it was cool. No, but not overwhelming at all. I'm just like it's sort of like it's so like, much information it? that it's hard yeah. to like figure out what it all means. But to me what I think it really means and what is most striking is that the entertainment industry is run by men. We know that. We mm-hmm. see that. If you go high up in any of these companies, for the most part, it's white men. And it's like, you. Could, so there's obviously a reason why, you know, there's probably more mm-hmm. of them employed, more of them reflected seen. Through their but work, then yeah. it's like the actual numbers of the money, like the amount of views on these advertisements or the amount of money these movies are making benefit from diversity. Well, that's why I think this Gina Davis Institute, that's their biggest line is like like stats and evidence is the best piece we can use. And it's so encouraging that the evidence shows that these, you know, gender parity equal or like including uh, women as equal as racial diversity and queer diversity leads to more views, leads to more money. So hopefully there's like a ripple effect or a butterfly effect from there when they can go present this to big box office movie companies or to YouTube advertisers and say, look, it's actually more effective if you make it more even. Yeah. So that, I That's thought that really was interesting. interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that changes over the next decade and they hopefully do more reports. But yeah, I thought that was cool. My instinct is it's going to get uh, better and more even and I'm like excited for the future in that sense. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be, be great. great. Everything's going to be good. Okay, well, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we're going to get into our second segment, which will have us answering who we think is going to win the streaming wars, uh, which ones have our favorite TV shows right now, and ultimately, like, how much are we even willing to pay for, like, all these streaming services that exist now? So we'll be right back after this little break. Okay, so when it comes to these streaming services, how many do you currently pay for? Well, I feel like you pay for them. Like, oh I my god, we, do I? Yeah, I don't pay for any. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, we also pay, like we share life, you know what I mean? Like we share okay, this life. Is, <laughs> this is going to be a fun little thing to figure out, Well, actually. we only have two. Oh no, we have three. We have Netflix. Which I pay for. <laughs> we have Crave. Which I pay for. <laughs> we have Amazon Prime. Which I pay for. Yes, we've been through that, but I pay for our internet, Okay. Okay, so after this, we're going to do a bit of accounting <laughs> to figure out where this is actually at. Music streaming, too. So I have I have Spotify and I have freaking I have both. Well, that's stupid. I, well, it's because I want, like, Frank Ocean's Didn't Apple. you also have Tidal at one point? I did, but that was for the Beyonce album. Okay. Everyone did that. And then you said the Apple one's for Frank Ocean? Yeah, and it was also for, like, wow. that, when I, like, Drake. It was, oh, my God. That's it's embarrassing. Stupid. It's embarrassing. That seems silly. But just, I, I definitely just use Spotify. Is that all Because I also for? have Spotify, so couldn't we just, like, share one Spotify and you just also have Apple? Okay, wow. This is this is just turned into us <laughs> trying to, like, literally <laughs> okay, figure no. out how to make So we have a handful. But we don't have Disney+, Plus, which just came out. Mm-hmm. Would you want to get that for the Star Wars show? Not really. Really? I thought you would want The Mandalorian. I've heard it's not very good. Oh. Also... There's just too many. It's getting to the point now where I honestly feel like I don't want another one. Someone needs to find a way to conglomerate them because at this point I'm going to start, okay, this is illegal to say, but I'm going to start to just stream them. So I actually find this interesting because I'm, obviously the streaming wars is kind of insane to think about the attention that they are asking from all of us. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, there's only a finite amount of time that the world has to watch things that, like, there's so much content right now that something has to break at Mm. a certain point. Like there's only a certain amount of time that we have to be watching content, let alone podcasts, let alone Mm. all this media. 
that I'm like, I, but I don't think people are going to go back to pirating. And this is why I think that it's because it is convenient. We don't have, we have such full lives now more than ever before that I think people are more willing to pay for the convenience of just being able to know that they can put on the show they want to watch of rather than have to deal with the intricacies of like illegally downloading it. But it's not that hard to, what, it, it gets, is, I it think gets for to a lot the of point. People. Well, for many, I guess, but there's going to hit a point where you don't want to pay a you're going to pay a hundred dollars now for all these services when that was the problem in the first place. No one wanted to pay $100 to have a cable thing that had a thousand channels when you only watched a couple of them. Like, it's if kinda, Netflix yeah. only makes three good shows a year, and I'm also thinking I want to watch one show on Disney and also one show on Hulu, I don't know, all these different places, I'm actually going to start to be thinking I don't want to spend that much money. Know what I think is interesting? If you think about 5.5 hours a day is spent watching content, I'm like, is it that expensive? Is it really that much money for the amount of like joy, or I guess not necessarily joy, but the amount of time that we're putting into watching these things. Because a part of me started to think maybe it's not that much money considering how much time everyone's spending on them. Mm, I guess, but wouldn't that have been true of cable as well? Yeah, no, I think in general there's something interesting to be said here. There's so much power in the media landscape in Hollywood. They have so much power. So many people watch these things and these people. But it's surprising how little we pay for the entertainment. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? In a way, yeah. We're Say we're paying $10 a month, but then one show gives us 10 hours of Yeah, or just to think of how much Netflix, in our life, we don't spend yeah, that much it time. It is not that much money. You're right. Yeah. But it adds up is all I mean. Now yes. that there's so many. At the time, that's why Netflix was such a good sell. It was, give us $9.99 or whatever it started at. Like, this is once they got into the digital space. And we'll provide you with tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of options of shows as well we're going to make premium shows that you've never seen before that people are going to love that's a pretty good like value and they're going to go buy the office and all these old shows that everyone that that you you love watch yeah Yeah. and you don't like no one buys dvds anymore so hey why not just have it on netflix available at any time you feel like watching it another one that's coming is peacock which is the nbc streaming service which is now going to have the office and know what's interesting about that one they're not going to charge for it but there's going to be ads so it's mm. going to be a streaming service of their shows of their shows of the nbc catalog so that's how they're taking the office back from netflix they're going to put it on peacock and you're not going to have to pay for peacock but you are going to have to watch ads i mean i that's think that's smarter this day yeah. and age because at this point i'm like if i not i don't really watch the office but if i did i would go do that because i'm used to watching youtube with ads like it's not that big a deal to me to watch ads but if it, i would be i would never ever pay ten dollars more for nbc alone yeah so i think that that's really smart actually to try and like because everyone in this landscape yeah yeah, they have to figure out (laughs) how they're going to set themselves apart so if we go through them it's like disney is going to have their catalog of disney movies which everyone loves Mm -hmm. but then they're going to try and make originals like the mandalorian which i guess i thought you would be excited about now i'm really concerned about the mandalorian if you're not gonna watch it to be honest (laughs) since disney bought star wars it sucks oh my god okay (laughs) hot take write write that down (laughs) separate uh episode is going to be about star wars because i I need to That's know. what everyone thinks. Like this Star that is Wars a very, franchise. That's very Mitch Moffat. No, it's not. Ev- not I l- everyone okay, thinks. Not that. everyone. Okay. Well, what? The majority of people think that. <laughs> okay, we that's what I'm saying. Write this down because oh, like an episode, episode? I need proof because I'm like it doesn't seem to be that way for I'm sure there's lots of young people listening being like, "What?" because they don't I even know. I think the debate has been or not debate. 
they're creating so much stuff. A lot of their a lot of their films that have come out recently have really bad reviews. Like the Han Solo one. But didn't they always have bad reviews back in like the seventies and eighties or whenever they I came out? I don't think so. I think I No, don't, the original ones didn't. They didn't? No, no. they were like critically acclaimed because no. Okay, I'm we need research because I'm like, but, let me go, I'll go on Ron Taylor right now. No, we look no, up the originals mean, like No, I just mean <laughs> What do you mean? People were like mind blown when the first one came out. Are you kidding me? Okay. Two thousand ones with Ozzy had already come out, they weren't mind blown. No, those <laughs> Movies <laughs> are when I, those movies are not they're so che- cheesy. Okay, no, I can't bring up Greg, my this Star is Wars also opinion. like so long ago. Cheesy was just like what people knew. No <laughs> oh one knew God. any better. Okay, whatever. We're gonna, <laughs> so Disney has Star Wars. Either way, whether they have old stuff, whether they have new stuff, that's a lot. Well, should I be looking on like a new hope, the first Star Wars, ninety six percent on Rotten I, okay, Tomatoes. I don't know if Rotten Tomatoes is how we look at movies that came out that long ago. This movie literally changed cinema, Greg. Okay, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I agree that the the, er, the later trilogy, like the prequels, people did not like because okay. it was childish. Oh, okay. Like like when, like Jar Jar Banks. Yes. Pe- Jar Jar like Banks. Especially the people who, who were Who was queer old... and that was homophobia. Yeah, and I was <laughs> a young boy and I loved the prequels. Like, I love Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> we're going to love Phantom Menace. Anyway, okay, okay. What we're... I'm saying is that we, I, I'm just saying you can't just say those <laughs> rash statements because you also are older now and there's kids who are probably watching these Star Wars movies at a very impressionable age thinking they're the most amazing things ever. They're they're crazy expensive. I thought I heard that. Worlds. I thought I heard that Disney was canceling a bunch of them because they were worried that you, they've. Okay, over- that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. I need you to know these things. Well, I just see these headlines, you know, like on the internet. I'm pretty sure that they're realizing they've oversaturated the market. Their video, their films aren't good enough, and now people are less excited about these films. Well, then Disney Plus is score. No, they have Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah they they've got a lot. Yeah, they've got yeah, a lot. Yeah. It's not Star Wars. Just Sorry, like, I want to go back to what we were doing, which was like recapping how these people <laughs> expect to yeah. even make an well, impact apple is clearly just trying to make original content because they don't have a back catalog so they have yeah. these shows that haven't got good reviews the morning sh- like, I, was just I haven't heard Googling. of any of them the morning show the one with jennifer aniston and oh that's Steve an apple Perot. show yeah so uh and reese witherspoon yeah but it it pass it, wait what <laughs> oh my god why actually i love jennifer um aniston wait well, well why would you say pass i'm curious well, it was like what you want me to pay another ten dollars for a tv show that i could care less about actually if you buy apple hardware it's free for a year <laughs> i'm just saying that okay apple stan no i'm not try- i'm sorry i'm not i'm actually not trying to argue with right now i'm okay. trying to like for the listener talk about what the shows are so we can try and figure out what they're trying to do fair that's what I think they're just all not panicking, but they're all trying to rush to the gold mine, and then they're gonna realize there are too many pickers at the gold mine, and they now they it wasn't worth it to set up camp. It's gonna cost too much to set up camp until the ones with more money go. Hey, Disney goes. Oh, actually, uh, Amazon. Oh gosh, they all have so much money. I don't know, but I actually think Disney has more money than Netflix. They'll probably say like, "Yo, let's partner." Okay, so this is where. Okay, that's what happens into, to a lot of industries. Yeah, we're getting into who we think's gonna win, and I have a specific theory, and it involves that. Okay, so I think that Disney, because they have so much money, mm-hmm. I think that Netflix is gonna suffer from this. I think they're gonna oh, get a sure. lot of their IP taken away. But okay, you can and, say for sure, but they have 165 oh, million. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, people, the conversation about Netflix originals being not as good anymore is is a narrative 
at the same time that they're losing a lot of content. I think they have the benefit of the doubt of being the first and they have the they are the streaming service. And they actually have first. an algorithm with enough content built to be like when you open it, you go, Oh wow, there's all these shows showing up for me that I actually might want to watch. Whereas Disney well, mostly Apple Plus right now is like, here's these four shows. Do you want to watch them? It's like, wait, no. <laughs> so I think Disney has so much money that this might make Netflix suffer so much that Disney will then buy Netflix. And Disney Plus will then have Netflix in its category. I think Apple is mostly just doing this because they feel like they, they have, to have to and yeah. might like it might fizzle out. I think all these other ones like Quibi and whatever, I'm just like, I feel really bad, but like I just don't think anything's going to happen from that. And I think that Amazon, it doesn't really matter because they have so many different ways of making money yeah. that I think the reason that they're doing this is just to have like a foot in the door. And I also think that Disney is doing this because they don't have a way of marketing like their parks to people anymore. It's like if they mm. want to reach a family and make them like come to a Disneyland. So, yeah, because doesn't Disney make most money off of like things like parks and merch and the, th the things outside of the movies? Exactly. So they're like, wait, we can't just rely on like advertising on TV. No one's watching TV. So I think that they are like in a position to make a lot of money and for this to be a really smart move for them. And they also have so much financial backing. I could see them buying Netflix as it starts to suffer, buying up all these streaming services. And yeah, Disney <laughs> winning. My prediction is Disney wins in the end with Amazon and other companies like that still existing within streaming. But I think places uh, like Netflix and places that are just streaming services are going to get bought by Disney. Okay. What's your prediction? I... I'm just looking at, I'm trying to understand which company actually has more money. Like I was trying to just search this right now because ultimately I think that Amazon has the most money, right? But I, I don't think, think they have the incentive to, to make like the best, but they might. I just mean if it's a slow burn for them, I think they have the most resources and their, their industry, they've already like capitalized. They are the biggest one in selling retail, selling anything now that they will always have the most resources. So you think that they'll just win I don't, streaming? I don't think, I don't they think want they'll to. win streaming. I just think they will be unaffected by the war in the same way the others will. But I'm, I'm talking I'm, about who do you think is going to win this particular who's going to win this streaming? Well, war? I was just looking up like Disney net worth and Netflix net worth and I'm just, you know, looking at the Google top results. So I don't actually know if this is true, but this top thing just says Walt Disney Company is worth 130 billion. Kind of oh seems my god! Me. Um, and then it says, "Oh, it seems low to you." Well, I don't know. I just thought like, <gasps> oh and then god. it says Netflix has a market value of more than 152 billion, which is more than Disney. Yeah. Okay. So then, why would you know what I mean? Like, oh, so so why do I think Disney is going to win? Or I just mean why would I'm not I'm not questioning you. I'm just like that's interesting. Like I thought Disney was worth way more yeah. than Netflix. No, Netflix is a stamp that have that many subscribers mm -hmm. is wild. 165 million people who pay monthly for just your ability to give them entertainment. That's why I would Burn say that you're you. So you think Disney will win. I think you're right in one sense that I think Disney has no incentive to give up their brand to someone ever. Like if they sold their streaming service, it wouldn't really make sense unless it just became like Disney plus within Netflix. Right. But Disney's always going to want to maintain their brand because they're going to keep making like, even if the streaming wars they lose, they're still going to make films. They're and still going to make things. I think Netflix is going to lose because they're in debt, billions of dollars. That's how they've done this whole... That's how they've made 
themselves so big, which I think is a mistake because they didn't realize that all these other companies, if they start doing what they're doing and pulling their IP back, which they're going to be doing mm. over the next two years, you're not going to be have you're not going to be able to just like stand on the original content that you've made. You re- you've been relying on friends, you've yeah. been relying on the office, and you're right, your originals aren't just like blowing everyone else out of the park. HBO Max, I think, is really interesting. Yeah, HBO is so good like almost not i'm sure there's lots of things they'd make that are terrible i don't watch everything hbo makes but so many of their things are actually amazing but that's how they've made their that's their business model right they're like like, why can't the other companies why can't netflix do that well i think it's a different thing so a study that i read found that a majority of what people watch between the hours of 7 and 10 p.m is unscripted reality television Hmm. so HBO has set themselves apart by saying we are going to make you premium content that you are going to sit down and you're going to watch and it's going to be critically acclaimed. It's going to take over like cultural zeitgeist and like we are only going to make that and we're going to charge more for that. So they do one thing and do it well. And they've sacrificed a lot in Mm -hmm. that they don't make these reality TV shows that are so popular that like you are obsessed with survivors. Think of how cheap that is. Yeah. yeah. So they made a conscious decision. It's like, okay, find a way to drag survivor. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm just joking, but like also like the last episode of survivor was messed up. I'm not going to watch the season anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. No, that's what you want to talk about episode. that? No, I'm not going to oh, talk about okay. I'm just saying, like, you dragged it. I'm like, stop dragging Survivor. No. But then I was like, it deserves to be dragged sometimes. And I wasn't dragging it. I was saying that that is a cheap show that makes so much money that HBO had to consciously say, obviously, as a mm-hmm. business, like, no, we're not going to do that, even though yeah. it's tempting. Mm-hmm. And so their business model is actually to make amazing shows. So yep. that's why you're probably, like, so surprised. But they're going to get friends because it's Warner Brothers. So HBO Max is going to have friends. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that might be a really, and it's going to be the most expensive one. I'm like, that one might do well. I'm not sure about Disney like beating HBO Max, for example. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think there can be a couple that will survive. I don't think there'll ever be just one. And I think it will be like the social media wars. You know, like we still have like a handful of social media, but there are a couple that kind of dominate. So Facebook is like the biggest probably and YouTube Obviously, we still have Twitter, but there have been a lot that have tried and then failed. So you think it'll be like Netflix? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and Amazon, like potentially. Yeah, I mean, but then I I don't know. I think, I think just their their market value will just even out a little bit more. Not even out, but like plateau a little bit, as opposed to Netflix, who's constantly been growing. And then even I think HBO and all these services, Amazon, like they've seen growth which is why someone like disney goes we need to get into this game yeah i think they're they'll see growth i think disney will do really well but then they'll all sort of plateau and they'll realize actually the market has capped now wow no i i think i think netflix is screwed i think it's gonna crumble and i think it's gonna get bought by someone else because i don't see how it can sustain in the way that it is but why would the other services have a better chance Uh, like yeah sure hbo can get friends but what else oh i don't know they still have to a ton of money to buy license other shows now oh i think the premium content of hbo will make people be willing to keep paying for it then they're gonna all go over to disney plus or and then they're also maybe gonna have their amazon and i just think that netflix is the one that's gonna suffer the most as everyone starts to go wait a second we were just giving you all of our ip and you were gonna be our licensor now we're gonna do it ourselves and it's gonna be the main one that's gonna like have to fall from this yeah it'll get it'll take it'll take the biggest hit and it's, it's the it's the only one yeah. that can take the hit and i'm right saying now. but also it's the one that's in debt and doesn't have things outside of it to keep it alive mm. whereas disney amazon have all these other 
revenue streams to eventually be like, okay, no, we're, we're going to buy you. Yeah, we'll see. Here's, I, it reminds me though of like Google trying to get into the social media war, right? Like with Google Plus at the time. Oh and God. I think it, you could <laughs> yeah, have said like Google true. has unlimited resources. It's one of the richest companies in the world. They can just keep throwing money. But there's yeah. a point when you just having money doesn't make something good. And when there's a market saturation of something already, like Facebook already had its market saturation, they couldn't really steal anything from that. But obviously, it does work sometimes. Like Snapchat no, right. was greatly affected by Instagram's use of stories. Yeah. So it just kind of depends if if the other competitors can innovate in a way that actually makes someone like me go, "Oh, it's not just the same thing, but a tiny bit different. It's actually better for a, more reasons than just having good shows." That would be what would make people switch. So even Disney Plus now has to find a way to stand out as not just like an alternative, but the only solution that's actually more ingenious and better. Hmm. Wow. I mean, it has the Lion King, so pretty <laughs> ingenious. All right. Wow. Cool. I don't know. I think that like, it's kind of exciting. I'm really excited to see uh, where this ends up. And I'm also excited mm-hmm. to do a bit of accounting. And I think you owe me like $300 at least at this point. I didn't realize I was paying okay, for all the streaming I'll service. I'll bill you for the internet that is using that <laughs> streaming service as well as our um, telephone bills, which are always like, hmm, one phone is using 18 gigabytes of data oh a month. God. And I'm always like, okay. So we're That's bad talking. for the environment. Okay, we're getting a divorce. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for listening. Use the hashtag side note podcast if you want to get in touch with us mm-hmm. on Twitter, even though we are both trying really hard to delete Twitter from our phones and try and get back. But we're keeping our ASAP science ones and we'll, we'll check the We're going to check hashtag. it daily but not this, in our pockets at all times. If you've made it this far, I have something I want to know. Like, do people like the comment corner section? Because sometimes we put it in our episodes but we haven't in a while. It's fun for us but I didn't know if people like if it feels intrusive. If, so if you... I like it. Yeah, me too. So maybe... If you're going to comment, send us a yeah, comment let us know. Hashtag, and, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, And be like, anywhere. put this in the comment corner and bring it back. That'll well, no, we had, it didn't go away. We just have we don't do it. Every we just time. haven't done it in a yeah. while, so I'm like, I want to see if people actually like it. But comment yeah, hashtag con. side note podcast. Um, and we'll see you guys next week, probably. And it'll be about plastics. Oh, shit. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 